Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Hey, we're going to talk about science beyond the textbook for diverse learners. And my guests today are Luke and Trisha Gilkerson. Welcome, you two, to the show. I'm so excited to share with you today. Good <laughs> being here, Peggy. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. I love talking about science. I was talking with Luke and Trisha ahead of time. That's what my degree is in. Um, and uh, passion within our homeschooling and my oldest graduated and is now a biomedical engineer. And um, so science has always been something that I I love talking about. And I'm excited that they're going to share with us today just how to make science more accessible because sometimes Mm That's a really difficult um, topic to to bridge. Um, If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, just know that you can put your comments, your questions in the feed. We would love to include those in the conversation. And I know um, some of you have actually we had one guest or one person from our community already um, drop a question into the the portal that we created um, for for being able to to have a question ahead of time submitted. So um, we'll be addressing that within our conversation too. So, yeah. yeah. So, so Luke and Trisha, I would love for our audience just to get to know you a little bit and a little about, about your story and um, what makes you so passionate about this topic. And um, we'll just kind of kick it off from there. It all began with a boy in a dream. No, (laughs) No, it was, we have, I, I, she and I have always really enjoyed the sciences, each in our own, each in our own uh, respective, uh, you know, fields of interest. Mm -hmm. For me, I I grew up kind of the astronomy nerd. I loved astronomy from when I was, since I was like a fetus and just absolutely loved the, um, just 
not just the, the the scientific aspects of it in terms of being able to look through a telescope and be able to understand what I'm seeing, but even just the way that astronomy connected to history and folklore of different cultures oh, yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I loved all those kind of things. Trisha, though, she, her background is in... My, I, my, I've got a degree in biology, yeah. and then I had all the chemistry and the physics and sure. all of those sciences in college mm. uh, to go along with it, and just loved it all. I'm one of those weird girls who loved all of the sciences. <laughs> yeah, all the stuff. <laughs> and just loved learning about those things. And what got us really passionate, though, about sharing our love of those things with other people and teaching to kids yeah. was, um, and I was telling you before we started, yeah. we were speaking at homeschool conferences, and we were actually talking more on parenting issues at that point than we were anything to do with science. And people would come up to our booth afterwards, and they'd talk to us, and you know, we'd just have these great great conversations. Yeah. And we talked to people in our co-op that we were involved in, in our, you know, local homeschool community. And everybody would say, I love homeschooling, but I don't think I can do it once my kids reach middle school or once my kids reach high school. And I'd say, well, why is that? And nearly right. all the time people would say, I can't really give my kids a solid education in the sciences. I cover English and I can cover history, but I can't do high school biology. I can't do chemistry. I can't do physics. And I'm going to have to put my kids in. And Luke and I were like, no, you don't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you can have like just as good of an education at home in those subjects, if not even better. Right. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think especially it's because a lot of the, it's a lot of the, uh, the lab sciences or the lab aspects of the sciences yes. can be very intimidating to parents. Exactly. And it, it is. I mean, if you've never done a lab before or, or your memory of doing a science lab was back when you were in high school and you had to dissect a fetal pig or something. And that <laughs> freaks you out. And you're like, how in the world am I ever going to lead that with my kids at home? Right. You know, I didn't like doing it then. How am I going to like doing it now? We're trying to adapt some of those bigger like chemistry labs or physics. Like how do you adapt those for, for yeah. home? that yes. can be, that can mm -hmm. be intimidating. Yeah. So for us, it was, you know, we feel like we can we can figure out how to scale those classroom type activities down into a homeschool setting and have them be just as impactful, just as meaningful. So really, a lot right. of what we do now is is a, is it kind of centered around that. Okay, yeah, and and that I mean, yeah, those high school years. I'm having taught high school for yeah. with my own kids. Yeah. They are the most precious years. Those are the years you don't want to lose because you've worked so hard, you know, with your your student for all those years. That's when the payoff comes, you know, and and really they they just start exploding in their learning, and um, and when you do put them in more of a institutionalized school, that kind of shuts that down a bit. And and I mean, it's not not going to be the best choice for everybody but yeah um if if that's your you know the the fence you're sitting on and that's the tipping point then um then we're thankful for people like you <laughs> that come along and say no there's 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 a way we can get around this this obstacle <laughs> sure Absolutely. yeah speaking from experience i can say i think our favorite with our own kids has been um bringing them up through the high school years uh with our you know our, our oldest just graduated um, a year ago and wow. our, our, our next is, is in there now. And we've got a lot of younger kids, but we love the conversations that happen in the high school years yes. because uh, I mean, th their, their level of learning and comprehension just goes to a whole, it's just a whole new level. Right. And uh, you know, I would take that any day over teaching kids how to read cat or dog or, you know, <laughs> I, any day. I'd love those high school conversations. Yes. Well, and you, you've invested in it, you know, when, when you do, you teach the cat and the dog, you know, and sure. all the, all the other <laughs> things, that's the investment and the payoff really comes in those high school years when you start seeing, you know, them take all those basics, those fundamentals that you've taught right. them and really just make them their own. And, um, and that's, that's kind of scary when we're looking at subjects that especially for parents who go, you know, I just barely made it through that, you know, biology or chemistry or physics. And I had no right. idea what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. And now you want me to teach it. <laughs> so, so exactly. yes, <laughs> a little scary, but, um, promise, hold on. Um, 
So Luke and, and Trisha have some ideas um, for you. Uh, so, you know, as we're getting started, what what are the problems with a textbook only approach to science? I, I yeah. think the biggest thing is, is that science is should be such an experiential subject. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there are so many ways to experience science. Um, we talk about labs, but even things like just observing nature, nature walks, right. and mm. the field trips you can go on. And um, so anytime you're doing science with just a book, um, it's not really going to engage your students. Um, and science can also be very, um, there's a lot of very cool visually stimulating elements to science that yeah. if you can bring video in, that right. can really bring that subject alive as well. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of kids, you throw a textbook in front of their face, they just kind of zone out. <laughs> yes, yes. Especially if they're a kinesthetic learner um, or an auditory learner and you've just got this text in front of them, they can their eyes glaze over pretty fast, even in high school Absolutely. when they're supposed to have a longer attention span. Yes. <laughs> So, so yes, that that just makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, talk a sure. little, talk a little bit about how much fun science can be when you use different modes of learning instead of just that textbook approach. Well, I think, well, like Trisha was saying, um, if you're not the, you know, if you're not the, obviously, I, I wouldn't say every parent should be upfront lecturing their kids on science, but if you can use video elements, uh, right. so finding. Um, visual elements. Uh, so for, for, I mean, right now, for instance, we are developing a course in physics. It's nearly impossible to talk about what physics is with just words on the page. Oh yeah. You need to be able to see things like motion mm-hmm. and friction and uh, momentum and these kind of, you need to be able to see what those things actually to are. really understand it. Yeah. And for, yeah. especially mm-hmm. for this, for the sake of application. I mean, how yeah. many times do we get in subjects of school? Like, when am I ever going to use this? That's the question. You get, when am I ever going <laughs> right. to oh, yeah. use this? Right. Oh, yeah. Our kids well, are good like, at asking that one. <laughs> and in the sciences, all the very practical applications of science are yeah. used in the teaching of science. When we teach mm-hmm. science, you know, especially using, for, for instance, visual elements like video uh, uh, or even just through audio, audio cues in, within videos, um, those kind of things when you're when you're when you're teaching them or when you're using a, a curriculum to help you teach it then it's going to be giving you all the practical applications in the midst of the of the learning because right. it's, you know it's it's you know it, it's saying things like if you you know uh if you're for instance uh, if you're going down a highway and you are about to take a turn how fast can you take that turn before friction doesn't work anymore and you skid <laughs> off the road. Well, yes. that's a that's a that's a practical application of physics. But the thing is, is that that teaches them when they're going down the road and they see that 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 sign that mm-hmm. says here's the speed limit on this turn, they know where that comes from. They know that's not just a random thing that right. someone yes, threw yes. up there. Someone said if you Look, go faster than did that, the calculations. They did the calculations and they figured out if you go faster than that, there could be problems here. Mm-hmm. And it helps them understand the world that they see all around them all the time. I mean, exactly. that's, just a, that's just an example. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. 
Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. You were mentioning modes of learning. Uh, for sure, reading, read alouds. You want to talk about that? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think there are, you know, we've come in contact and interfaced with a lot of kids that, um, that struggle with reading or struggle oh, yeah. even some of them read great, but they struggle with comprehending what they're reading. Right. And, and science so, has so many words, you know, vocabulary words absolutely. that yeah. are brand absolutely. new. <laughs> but I don't think that means you have to like completely ditch books altogether. Um, mm-hmm. I think utilizing those living books as read alouds with your right. kids, especially when they've got pictures can be a really great uh-huh. way to do that. Um, audio versions of textbooks. We've got a lot of students that use audio versions of textbooks with a lot of success to help reinforce some of those concepts. Um, But, you know, if you're using video, um, you know, you can pull that video, some videos from YouTube. YouTube's got some great uh, content that you can Mm -hmm. grab, you know, we're studying, you know, we're studying friction. We'll go to YouTube and do a search and you can find some great things Mm -hmm. and then go to your library and find some great books on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then other modes of learning, especially hands-on type things, kinesthetic learners, uh, hands-on stuff is, is pretty, it's, it's, you really can't sacrifice it when it comes to science. Yeah. Science, the sciences, uh, kids learn much better when they can. And, and that's, I I would even say that's regardless of just all the different learning styles or even learning abilities or disabilities. Mm-hmm. We're talking about that every child benefits from seeing something in application that they've set in motion themselves, whether yes. that's mixing chemicals together to see how the colors change, whether that's dissecting an animal, whether that's mm-hmm. um, going into, uh, you know, whether that's, you know, building a ramp and putting a car down the ramp and timing it and seeing how seeing how the laws of physics apply. Those lessons right. are so memorable. They and right. when we've yeah. got those experiences, we mm-hmm. can really hang yeah. some of those lessons we learned onto Absolutely. those experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like even as adults, if you think back to your, you know, high school or junior high science, like, what do you remember? Do you remember oh, yeah. what the textbook said? We may, hopefully you remember some of those concepts, but... <laughs> The things that you're really going to remember are experiences you had and things that you did. Right. Yeah. And scientifically, that's been proven that we yep. we do. We Those are the, the memories that we will recall the quickest is the ones that we've been able to have an experience with. And then, like you said, hinging those right. those the new learning because you're, you're in science, you're always building off of one concept to another. And, yep. and so those and those are able to to be useful and recalled quickly when we have an experience to go with them. So yeah, for sure. Sense to, to, to get a little bit out of that, that textbook and, and to make sure those, those hands-on or different modes of learning happen. So is there a way to overcome writing difficulties when maybe you're teaching a lab or um, something that would allow, you know, has them recording information or, you know, or just, having to put together a concise um, summary of, mm-hmm. of what, what they've done. Um, you know, a lot of students, parents will scribe for them. You know, do you have any other ideas when parents are like, I really need my child to be an independent learner. Sure. <laughs> right. And, and scribing for your, for your kids, you know, sometimes that's what you got to do. Yes. Yep, <laughs> and, exactly. um, doing some of that can be very helpful. I know one of the things that we've seen a lot of parents or a lot of students find success with is when they have some sort of guided note taking. Um, yes. Where, you know, maybe there's an outline and uh, if the curriculum doesn't provide it that you're using it, you know, maybe you can get a full outline where you can take certain pieces of it out. And as the students, you know, reading or watching a video, they can fill fill those blanks in. Right. And we've found that to be something incredibly helpful for a lot of students. Um mm. To just kind of see this is where we're going. Um, And, you know, or if note taking altogether is difficult to just have those outlines available Mm -hmm. so they can work through it and they can have those notes available. You know, it's funny. We we in our in the courses we've taught, we, we have seen more more than simply, for instance, if like a, a student needs to study for an upcoming test or something like that, 
more than just giving them a review of the material that's going to be on the test, students need to know how to take notes, how to study. Yes. And so we've yes. actually started providing our own lectures in our courses on how to take notes, how to study for a test, that kind of stuff. Because right. too many students, and that's and this is all students, don't even know the basics of how their mind works right. best in order to do those things. I didn't know how to study appropriately <laughs> right. until I was out of college. Right. I mean, I really, you know, it took until I was out of college and had read books on it. And I was like, oh. I probably could have done that a lot more efficiently. Yeah. It's right. not about opening mm -hmm. a book and just reading the same thing over and over. Um, but training your kids to do things like to quiz themselves, um, yeah. to make their own flashcards, um, <laughs> to see, can can I actually recall that information? Right. Um, right. Not yeah. do I recognize the information? Because <laughs> mm -hmm. that's, we, yeah. we, that's what we get in, unfortunately, when it comes to whether that's um, – uh, them, you know, we're talking about writing, right? So mm -hmm. if we're, if, if their, their ability, for instance, just like, let's say they have, they struggle with being able to write out information that they're learning or whatever. Um, often when they go back to those notes, first of all, even just the act of taking notes helps them retain the information in the first yes. place, mm -hmm. even if they never read the notes again, but then in the act of going back to those notes, um, right. too often kids, Trisha just mentioned this, that they mistake, uh, recognition for recall. And what that oh, means is yes. that they they are quizzing themselves on something and they say, oh, what's that answer again? And then they look down at the textbook or they look down at their notes and they, they look at that and they say, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I knew that. But no, you didn't know that. No, <laughs> right. you didn't. Yes, now you, you recognize do. <laughs> that on the page because you've seen that before, because you wrote that before, but that's not the same thing as recall. Recall should be able to recall things, you know, spontaneous from spontaneously from some sort of some sort of uh, a question or a prompting of some kind, but right. not, but that's not the same kind of thing. So helping kids to think about how does their mind really work? Mm -hmm. And as parents, you know how your child's mind individually works, but even just generally speaking, how do human mm -hmm. brains work? Just being yeah. equipped with a knowledge of, okay, this is how to study. This is how to take notes. This is how to successfully work through material um, in a way that will, in a way that will help the information to really stick. Parents mm -hmm. need to kind of be equipped with that information. And if they don't know that information themselves, like we didn't know, you know, even in yeah. college yeah. or whatever, they need to learn that information or find good curricula that teaches that kind of information. Right. That are kind yeah. of meta skills, not just skills mm -hmm. that are like, you know, how am I learning this scientific topic? But do are you teaching your kids learning skills at learn. all? How to learn? How to learn exactly yeah. because that's and, what they they really need to know. Um, when it's all said and done, yes, right. you know we've been through all the topics, but you're kind you still keep learning through life, right. and that's I mean underground what we're training um, as we we homeschool them. And you know I I remember one of my guests calling it sticky learning. Um, it's just yeah. that you know. We, we think we're going to remember something the first time and we have to see something. I don't know how many times um, it's been proven in order for it to stick. Yeah. Um, and so, so yes, there, but those study methods will help those things stick, but mm. we just, you know, we can't, like Trisha, you said, um, we can't just read it once and expect that it's just going to stick um, unless we have something to anchor it to. So say a previous experience. So when you read that, all of a sudden that anchor just hooks. Um, and, but you don't know when that's going to happen um, right. for when right. you're reading through a textbook or something. And, and that's going to be different for every individual because right. of their, their learning experiences. So uh, for our, for yeah. our oldest, for our oldest son, uh, a couple, few years ago, uh, we had him, had him uh, tested for uh, ADHD ends up that he, that's, that's something that he, that he has. And, the, at first, when we were just approaching him about, hey, we need, I'd like to go get, I'd like to go get some assessments on this just to see, just to see what, uh, if there's something that you might, uh, that you might struggle with. And he, and he was totally not for it at all. He was like, hmm. no, no, I don't want to do that. That sounds dumb. I don't want to label. I don't want to label. Yeah. I don't whatever. Uh -huh. But after he did it and after we went through the assessment and after the doctors started talking to him about, so here's what to expect and here's what to do or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, 
all of a sudden he was empowered to know yes. how he learned best mm-hmm. because he understood himself, right? right? He understood how he's wired and mm-hmm. therefore he's like, okay, so I know when it comes to taking a test or sitting down to t- sitting down to even just focus like, on. I, and now all of a sudden he wanted to know, yes. you know, yeah. he was like interested, like, do you think there's like a podcast I could listen to <laughs> or like that'll right. tell me like how my brain works? So mm-hmm. yeah. And now he just devours that kind of stuff all the time. And so for, right. for us, uh, and of course, every kid in, you know, as homeschool parents, you know, every, every kid is different in terms mm-hmm. of how they learn and everything. So it, knowing how your kid's wired and them knowing how they're wired right. helps them to it advance really in any subject. Them. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And whether it's science or not. Right. Yeah. And when it comes back to like the writing that we were talking about when we first mm-hmm. started um, this question, it's, you know, some students are going to need those scaffolding questions like you were talking about, you know, those prompts. Um, And some students might not need them. But if that's something your student needs, don't feel like you're you're cheating by giving them those things because you're you're not. Um, And and I hope that you understand that every student's going to be different. But you what you want is for them to get the right answer and for them to be able to put out the information that they really know inside that can't come out because they, they don't have either. They haven't kind of worked through that skill set of being able to process it without those prompts. And eventually they will get there, you know, or maybe they just realize that is something I'm going to need um, long-term as I'm going through this, but executive functioning, it just seems like so many parents, when we have a broadcast on executive functioning, you know, we, we have, way more (laughs) um, views and listens because it's just becoming, and that goes back to those study skills. Um, Just that brain organization, those types of things are becoming more and more lost because we aren't teaching, like you said, those study skills. And I think kids just feel like, I don't know how to do what you're asking me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know, I, I know the information, but, but it's so confusing to try to organize all this and get it into the output the way you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, well, so that's awesome that you guys are teaching, you know, those skills as part of your curriculum as well. I think too, you hit a, a really important nail on the head that you, you're not cheating when you yeah. adapt the <laughs> curriculum for your student, um, because of the the end goal is for our kids to learn, right? Right. We want them to really learn and understand. And so, anytime you take a curriculum and you tweak it, whatever subject, whatever curriculum it is, and you change it or you modify it, you take something out, you add something to it. That's not cheating. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's adapting it for your students. Mm -hmm. And um, we encourage parents to do that all the time, you know, take all of these things, um, you know, and pull the resources from them that are the most helpful to you and your family and use those things. If something's not helpful, don't use it. Right. Um, (laughs) That's empowering as a parent to hear, because a lot of times you look at the textbook or the curriculum and you're like, I've got to do it, you know, step by step. I'm going to like, my child's going to miss out. And (laughs) yeah. 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 You don't have to do all the pieces. You don't. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. They, they will survive somehow. You know, like, yeah, that's like when I graduated my oldest, I looked at him and I'm like, no, I didn't teach you everything. And then God very, you know, quickly kind of, I heard this voice in the back of my head. You don't know everything yet either. So just <laughs> <laughs> let him go. <laughs> oh yes. Very humbling. <laughs> so, so teaching science, especially, you know, like hands-on and all mm-hmm. of that, um, it sounds like a lot of work and a lot of mess. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> what what do you have to share with, with parents about, you know, how it can be done and how it's it's worth a little mess, I guess, um, and the time, but, um, but really maybe how it can actually save them time? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think... Probably the biggest tip I have is when you're looking at curriculums and programs that you might want to use, find something that already has it structured out for you. Because mm-hmm. at least for me, like that's that's the worst is like if I've got to kind of like put everything together yes. and 
okay, I'm going to pull this from here and that from here. And, you know, and, oh, what am I going to do with that lesson to reinforce that? If you can find Hmm. a curriculum that has most of what you need, and again, you don't have to do every single lab, but if they at least have them laid out for you, they've got good instructions, good supply lists, you know, at the beginning of the year, kind of what you're getting into and Mm -hmm. you you can sift through it and, you know, say, oh, we're not going to do that one. That one's, you know, too many supplies are going to take too like, so toss that. Like I said before, don't feel like you have to do every single thing, (laughs) but the more of those hands-on things you can pull in, I think having Mm -hmm. something that's laid out and structured ahead of time, really takes a huge burden off of you as, as the parent who's homeschooling. Yeah, for sure. And it even, uh, it's even better when you can find a curriculum that will, that will show you, um, not just in written, written instructions of what to do, but sometimes, uh, video instructions can be just as good, if not better. What can help kids be more independent? Yes. Because if they can see it being done and Mm -hmm. then they can mimic what they've seen, that yes. is, it confirms to them, oh, oh yeah, when the teacher did that, mm-hmm. and that, and then there was this reaction that happened in the experiment, I know, okay, that's the same reaction I got. Okay, I know I did it right. Yes. If they're just seeing it written on a page, sometimes it's like, well, I think I did it okay, but mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But right. This, this yeah. is one of those, it, having the visual confirmation can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's really helpful for parents that really kind of decreases the clutter of doing labs is find a curriculum that provides a very, uh, that either provides their own lab kits or links to lab kits, because that will, instead of going out and buying like every single week going, what do I need this? What do I need to buy? (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah. Been there, done that. (laughs) You're only going to, you know, for instance, in chemistry, if you're only going to use, you know, this much, of a particular chemical that year. Right. Instead of buying a whole box. Yeah. It, right? <laughs> um, so for, one, I mean, for one, that just cuts down on the clutter, but it also, right. it also saves you money too. If you're mm-hmm. not, if you're not buying all the stuff you don't need. Um, right. And having a well-planned curriculum, that's well laid out for you for that school year that kind of lists everything out. It's like, all right, this is what you need. Mm-hmm. If you get this, you're all, you're all set. Um, right. Or for that matter, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, science courses that, really make use of household items. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whether that's elementary right. school doing, doing uh sciencey kind of crafts or mm-hmm. uh, simple, simple visuals that can be just like scissors and paper and poster board. And that's, you know, whatever stuff right. that you already have sitting around maybe because you, because you, they use it for so many other courses um, that can really help too. just not, you know, not focusing on all the specialized supplies. You will need that for high school, but for, yeah. especially for younger ages, you probably don't need a lot of that. Yeah, I, that that is really helpful because sometimes, yeah, you. <laughs> but for those money saving people, it's like, well, yep. yes, but I get the big box and then it'll last through all my kids. The problem is, is you forget where you put it and it doesn't last. <laughs> so <laughs> you've chucked it or somebody's chucked it or it's, you know, the back of the closet, you don't find it, you buy another one and then you find the one you had before. Um, sure. So it really doesn't save you time, money, or yeah, sanity, I think is what you lose the most of. <laughs> oh, for sure. So, so yes. Um, but, but having all that, that pre-done for you and especially in those, those age levels is, is very helpful because they're, they, I mean, there are specific things that they're learning. And I, I do want to reinforce that, that video concept where mm-hmm. they're, they're just repeating because my kids did science like that too. And they found it very reassuring yes. when the video would show them something and then they'd say, Oh yeah, this is what I got. And this is what was supposed to happen. And so yeah. it's like that instead of that, that questioning and kind of feeling a little bit like a, a failure because you weren't sure if the answer was right or not. It was <laughs> like, I did it, you know, and, yeah. and then, and then the learning like sticks, you know, we were talking about that, you know, sticky, sticky learning, learning before and, and that, that reinforcement of, I did it right. Makes it stick. You know, our brain wants to remember the things we do, right. It wants to forget the things <laughs> we're doing bad. Um, <laughs> right. We don't always work that way, but you know, that, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so yeah, but you know, so there's labs, but then there's like the abstract part of science and yep. it can kind of feel like we're, we're 
getting our kids into college level courses. <laughs> There's like I said before, we had talked about vocabulary and this is sure. even in younger ages, you know, terms and then formulas and concepts. Um, how do you get kids engaged with that instead of just, you know, like breezing through it in the textbook and, and going, well, we, we finished that chapter. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. But for them to really understand it. Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things, especially with our like younger elementary age kids is keeping those lessons short. Um, yeah. But, but hitting those concepts frequently, but at short bursts because we've got mm. short attention spans. But not even just with the younger kids, but with even your high schoolers. Yeah. Um, hour long lectures, you know, that's mm -mm. They, their eyes are going to glaze over. Um, you know, reading really difficult chapters in a chemistry textbooks textbook, their eyes are going to glaze over. Um, so keep, you know, really mind how much time you're spending right. on, especially some of those more heady things. I think mm -hmm. when they're the real engaging things like the labs, you know, yeah, you could go an hour, you could go two hours on some of those things because mm -hmm. it's really engaging and fun. But when you're introducing some of those topics, um, sometimes shorter is better. Yeah. 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 And uh, in, in, in keeping that in mind, I would say that when it comes to concepts, concepts are not just learned by definition, yeah. You know, term, you know, here's your term, here's your definition. And there you go. Now you remember, now just memorize that. Well, okay. You can do that. Mm -hmm. However, and, and in fact, it's good for a parent to have a list of those terms uh, way ahead of time. Oh so yeah. They, yeah. So they know, okay, these are the terms that are coming up. That's mm -hmm. fine. But find a curriculum that really engages students with lots of examples Lots yep. of stories, stories, you know, th stories that oh, not, yes. just, not just for the sake of grabbing their attention. There's really? that, too. But stories often illuminate the concept. Right. right. So, you know, for instance, uh, I, I remember we were teaching kids about um, teaching kids about uh, like uh, bacteria and viruses. Mm -hmm. So I tell them the story of the famous story of typhoid Mary and about how she had typhoid. She didn't know she had typhoid. She she was a cook who went who worked and moved moved from house to house to house, un, completely not knowing that she was spreading typhoid everywhere. And as they hear the story of that, they're like, "Well, what's going to happen? What, what's how is she? You know, she's killing people and she doesn't know it and all the this weird story, this right. crazy story." And all of a sudden, now they're like, "Now tell me more about." this virus, yes. or this bacteria that did this thing and how do viruses work and how does bacteria mm -hmm. work and why does that, why does it infect us and why does it make us sick? Yeah. There's all kinds of great stuff you can learn about that, but that didn't just engage them. It was a good example of a, of a concept that they were needing to learn about, um, about how viruses, about, work, about yeah. disease works. And so find store, you know, find curriculum that utilizes stories, um, uh, if that could be done in video form, that could also be really fun because yeah, you know, right. it, it tells the story in a more engaging way. But mm -hmm. again, that brings you back to living books too. Yes. And, uh, yes. Pulling in yep. some of those books that you can integrate like, okay, we're studying disease. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Viruses, bacteria. Let's, let's read some, some books about, these different things and right. that really displays, you oh, know, yeah. historical, historical mm -hmm. stories can really be right. very interesting to bring in. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah we, um, we have one viewer who said, I hate teaching science and history um, and creative minds homeschooling. And I'd have to say, get back to those living books like Luke and Trisha are talking about, because I used to hate history. And when we added those living books, I was like, yes, this is relatable. I get it now. Right. Um, and I, you know, that's kids really do then in all of us, we were, we gravitate towards stories and we, we mm -hmm. want to know, you know, just how is, how has this affected other people? And why is this, you know, again, it goes back to that question you were talking about before, Luke, what is this? Why does this matter to me? What is this even um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but if it's going to affect my, my livelihood, my health, you know, and right. when kids mm -hmm. realize, oh, this has like real meaning to me and, and my future and, you know, mm -hmm. how I interact with other people and all of this. And that's, you know, it brings uh, all learning to life. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so yes, that's, um, yeah. So, so thank you, Creative Minds Homeschooling for that, (laughs) (laughs) that comment. I I think a lot of people, you know, as they, they homeschool, there's, there's certain subjects maybe that we've had a past experience with and we're like, no, I'm just not, I'm not going to, but I'm not going to even be able to to tell my kids that this is a fun subject. But if you know that about yourself, like "Mm, science isn't my thing. That's a see. This is the this is the great thing about the age that we live in is that we can find yes people who are passionate about those subjects. Mm-hmm. Now, for some people, that is have a let's let's join a co op because there is you know I remember we joined a when we joined a local co op there was a um, one of the teachers who came in for the co op who was teaching science that year. He's a medical doctor. Oh wow! And so had he was a lot teaching of teaching anatomy. To yeah. the high school kids, and that was really cool. Yeah, Our kids just, weren't old enough, but yeah, yeah. we're like, that's awesome. I'm totally jealous. I want to sit in on that class <laughs> because you know that's that'd be that'd be really fun to do. But that's the thing, though, is that for some people, that's joining a co-op, find or doing a you know a, doing a little homeschool pod where parents right. who have different subjects that they're really passionate about, they can do those mm-hmm. things, or finding curriculum written by people who are passionate right. about those subjects. And even better, if it's a video curriculum, that you can see the passion. There you yes. can see, they're, they're sort of a catch the infection of yeah. that passion. <laughs> uh-huh. That's great. You know, you have it. And if you know that about yourself, I don't like teaching science. Okay. But guess what? There's a lot of people who do love it. And there's so and, many resources. And there's so many there. things you can use to make it like, okay, we're going to, you may not like it, but there's people who can make that fun for your kids. We don't yes. like art. And we yeah. have 12-year-olds <laughs> and they love art, all the projects, everything art. And so, you know, we've had to find some, we've got a a local art teacher in our community that does homeschool art classes on Fridays and our kids go to that. And that's a great, great resource for our family. And I know I do a lousy job at teaching art. Yeah. Yeah, there there are just some things that we are either not passionate about or we don't have the skills. Um, Yes, I and you I'm need to give yourself the permission. Yes. As yes. a parent, you need to give yourself permission to uh-huh. not be interested in everything. It's like you don't you can't be an expert in everything. It's no. just not possible. I really think to as homeschool parents, we have to remember our our biggest job isn't just to like teach every single subject and know everything and be passionate about everything, right. but to find our kids the best resources yes. to do that and yes. to engage them with the best resources that fit with their learning styles. Right. Yep. Yeah. It, it moves you more into that coach mode versus yeah. the teacher mode. Um, and, you know, when our kids are young, we're more, more in that teacher mode, but as our kids get older, we move more into that coaching mode yep. and in that we just have to, I mean, I couldn't teach my son welding. <laughs> I don't know how to weld, but I did find somebody that did. And, you know, yeah. so yes. And the same thing with art too. And, um, but, and then they like, you were talking about before, Luke, they catch the passion of that person mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And, and then that fuels their own passion instead of me getting in the way of saying, nope, you got to do it the way mom says. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah. So creative minds homeschooling says they love art. Um, they just don't like science and history. I would source that one. <laughs> See, and that's where you, exactly. that's where you, that's where yeah, you that's, swap. That's where and you, you have a pod okay. and you swap. Yes, exactly. You find somebody yep. that likes the opposite of you. <laughs> right. So we also have another question. Um, Rebecca is watching on Facebook and she said, can you share a good biology or history video course? Um, so I know you question. guys have a biology course. We do. We, do. <laughs> we have an elementary biology and we have a high school biology course. So I am, I love biology. <laughs> um, and, and we have several history courses we've used as well. I, I can throw the names of those out. We've used uh, Veritas Press's elementary history courses, mm-hmm. and we've used Compass Classrooms uh, has uh, yes. history uh-huh. courses that we've really enjoyed in our house as well. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and not grass upper, has a good upper level grades. programs too. Mm-hmm. Let me take a moment to brag on this lady right here as far as uh, the bio- our biology course, though, because she, okay, there's not a lot of parents who want to get their hands dirty when it comes to like doing dissections. Mm hmm. But creating that portion of our biology course was so much fun because <laughs> she she was she was the one who got got in there and got her hands dirty with every organism. Oh wow! And I'm the, and I'm the one filming <laughs> filming everything from multiple camera angles, 
And what what students get as a result of that is they're going to get a a a look a look at exactly what you're going to get when you dissect whatever that is, whether it's a starfish or a fetal pig or a worm or whatever it is. She's showing you exactly what it's supposed to look like, or what's what it does it look what like. What you're kind you, of searching for, and like, what's that blob there? Like, yeah. You know, I could say, okay, that's a heart, or that's a liver. And a lot of that stuff yeah. we were filming was done is just sort of, it was just very much in real time. We were we were filming it, and mm-hmm. we just we just went we so we when something something didn't look quite right with the organism, we're like, oh, well, this is a little different than what you might see in other places. We oh, got a fresh great. organism. Like, let me show you another thing, what it could look like. And the, the thing is, is that uh, finding curriculum that does that can be really, really helpful for, uh, especially mm-hmm. for a student who's never even thought about like, what you know what? You want me to you want cut, me to into, an cut into an animal and tell me <laughs> right. what it, what And it, what written it, descriptions of that just don't no. always No, <laughs> yeah, they don't. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's it's good. Yeah, I I actually refused to take biology in high school because I just thought it was so gross. <laughs> so much fun. Uh, so I'm glad there's people like you. <laughs> so, but yeah, if you're listening on the podcast and you want to find um, um, Luke and Trisha's curriculum, it's journeyhomeschoolacademy.com, and we'll be sharing that in the show notes as well, so that um, you can find that, and we'll share some more information kind of at the end about cool. everything else that they have yeah. as well. Um, yeah. Um, before you guys existed, there was the one-on-one series and that's what my kids used. Okay. Um, yeah. and we, we've loved their, their video based program to another passionate high school science program. Um, but, but I'm excited to know there's different options now. So, um, so that's that's great, and we did have a subjects, yeah. yeah, we did have another question sent in from a viewer ahead of time, and it was specifically biology. So I'd love to pull this in kind of sure. to to this time right now too. But um, Dusty asked, "How can I teach biology to my daughter with a cognitive intellectual disability?" Sure. So you know, they're just a little lower um, on you know in understanding, processing, you know, speed that. Um, what would you suggest for, you know, maybe I would assume that this, this is, you know, high school because we're going sure. subject specific usually um, for a student who may need some, you know, modifications, not just a, sure. a adapt, adaptions to the program. That's a good question. Uh, I, I, you know, so whether your kids, uh, whether your child is uh, struggling with, you know, um, difficulty understanding new information or, um, maybe communication or social skills that, you know, maybe hamper the learning uh, or even just slow processing time, that kind of stuff. There's a number of things you can do. um, And this is true for a lot of subjects, but tying specifically to biology. um, First of all, uh, find an outline, find a curriculum that provides an outline of what will be taught. Um, So this is um, whether that is going to be useful for guided notes for them or whether that's just something that you you as the parent have ahead of time. Like, okay, this is what's coming up. Right. Um, it, this it kind of ties to the you know the when when you teach teachers how to teach they, they you know they they sell tell them what you're going to tell them tell them and then tell them what you told them right and that's it kind of goes with it. and that that's true for for all kinds of all kinds of kids need that, that reinforcement tell them what you're going to tell them tell them and then tell them what you told them so having that outline ahead of time can be very helpful. Okay, this, that's what this particular class is going to be about. Uh, providing reading lists ahead of time so that, uh, so that um, reading can start early. Um, so if yes. you're choosing a curriculum and you're like, okay, I know my kid's going to need like 50% longer reading these books than maybe the average kid is going to need. All right. Well, if you get that thing ahead of time, now you can begin reading ahead of time on that. So if right. it's the textbook for biology, um, or, if or it's, like we mentioned, an audio book. An audio book right. is mm-hmm. an easier yeah. option. Or if you have a largely video-based curriculum, is it like, do you have to use the textbook? Yeah, right. You, um, yeah. you know, you may might contact the company and say, is the textbook, like, do, do we have to use it? Because if you feel like everything's going in one ear out the other, Mm-hmm. Is there a point in using that resource if it's not going to be helpful? Yeah, um, we want to only right. use the resources that are truly going to be helpful. Yeah. Uh, another thing is you need to, it's good to find a curriculum that provides uh, verbal and written instructions on labs. So oh, if you get a biology yes. lab, like, like we were, what we were talking about with um, 
like the dis- dissections. dissections or whatever. I think for mm-hmm. every kid, it's hard for a dissection to say, like, you know, you're reading, you know, make this cut here, make that cut there. That can kind of be like you're looking at this thing going, uh, okay. You have to have a reference point to go from. And it's like, (laughs) and even a diagram, a sketch is just not the same as seeing it. Um, Right. And I I I think, especially with biology, a lot of biology, that is true, but a lot of biology labs being able to see those things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I remember I was in, I went to state school, government school, I went to public school growing up, and I remember taking the biology class. And when we get together in little groups and whether it was to do a little experiment or to do a dissection or something like that, mm-hmm. we always kind of like the teacher would kind of make the rounds around the room. And anytime yes. the teacher wasn't there, we're like, are we doing this right? Are we doing uh-huh. this right? Here's the instruction <laughs> right here. I don't know. Am I doing this right? Am I right. The right what is or you this? had that ringer in your group and does everybody just let them do it? Yeah. Just let them do it. You know? <laughs> and I remember we used the same, we'd use the same, I think it was, a fe- yeah, it was a fetal pig. I remember we used that same animal like five times in that week oh, as we're kind so by the end of the week like their organs aren't in the right place right. nothing looks right <laughs> it looks it's disgusting but when the teacher was right there with our group saying okay now here's look at this and note this and stuff hmm. we needed that verbal reinforcement of like oh okay yes yep. okay i get it now i don't feel like i'm gonna screw this up um so yeah. having both written and verbal instructions is helpful um I, we already mentioned this, giving real life examples, mm-hmm. uh, find a curriculum that gives those real life examples of whatever you're learning in the biology biology course. So whether it's in a textbook that's bringing in examples of stories or whether yes. you're talking, um, integrating those living books again or yes. videos where they're telling stories mm-hmm. um, just to really engage the imagination and help hook it on to other other concepts and things they might be familiar with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Another thing to look for is, um, especially with cognitive um, cognitive uh, ability issues, is sometimes it's really important to be aware of the use of uh, of use of color in a curriculum. So um, a lot of times, so for, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's just like um, different words being highlighted, different colors, uh, yeah. that kind of thing. Just being aware of that when it comes to your own child, if that kind of thing helps them. For, for instance, I know in our videos, we have guided note-taking. And uh, so oh, every funny, time yeah. there's a, a word of a specific color on the screen, kids know I need to write that word down because that's the word that fills in the blank or whatever. But that can be right. found in a variety of formats. Yes, you know, absolutely. if there's a textbook, sometimes textbooks use certain fonts or sizes or colors to yes. denote. These mm-hmm. are important things for you to remember and to sit down and say, okay, like, let's look at this curriculum ahead of time. And if mm-hmm. you can prepare them ahead of time to know when we see these things, these are important concepts. So Absolutely. Yep. maybe we need to write these down in a notebook. Maybe we need to, you know, what are we going to do with this to make sure we remember these things and that we remember that these are the important concepts. Uh, right. I know yeah. we've seen this a lot with, um, with kids who take our courses. Um, if the nice thing about a recorded lecture is that you can, and we'll have a number of students will do this, is they they sit down, they watch the entire thing beginning to end, you know, whether it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. They sit right. down and watch the whole thing and they just, and they just consume. Listen, they the just first listen. time. Right. First time through, just listen. And just, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Now you know where this thing went, where it's gone. You know, now go back and watch it again. Now with your, Guided now notes, ready notes. to go. Now you're going to take notes. And you already, because you already kind of know where this is going, and now it's the, re- it's the repetition. Right. We can, we can come back in and be like, oh, okay. I and feel like stopping and starting in order to, you yeah. know, so that's something oh, absolutely. with yes. if you're doing anything video. That's why games, on demand, yes. And consider, really consider watching it first without doing a bunch of pauses because it, it can be distracting if you're right. trying to take notes and you keep pausing so you have time to write oh, stuff yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Um, you can lose your just, train of thought and yeah, all of that. Just watch mm-hmm. it without writing anything down yep. and then go back through it again. I think that that can be a really helpful strategy for students. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, very good. Hope that answers the question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope so, too. And I know I had I had 
told you ahead of time, I wanted to talk a little bit about field trips. Well, let's do field trips yeah. specifically with biology. Oh, yeah. um, cool. Just since we only have a couple minutes left, and that was kind of the question we were, were talking about. Um, but, but where could parents take their students, you know, even high school students, but younger as well, um, to reinforce those biology um, lessons? So many places. So many places. <laughs> yes. I mean, you could just start where you live and nature walks are oh, just yeah. a great way just to get outside. Um, we've got kind of a little forested area near our house and, you know, my boys love going and exploring and we'll just walk in the bugs and the trees yes. and the leaves <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's so much to right. see and so much to talk about. Right. Um, in terms of that. Uh, uh, zoos, aquariums, those kind of places are great for biology. Uh, so if you're learning about animals, if you're learning farms, farms, oh, yes, yeah. we have mm-hmm. like right down the road from us and we've never even been, and I, I have to go. <laughs> we have a alpaca farm oh, wow. down the road from us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to go there. I'm going to go see alpacas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of thing, or even just uh, very close to us, there's also a um, there's a bird banding station that's for a. Oh yeah. yes, yeah. We've got a couple our... of boys that yes. love going there. Yes, hmm. um, and they ask all the questions about the birds, and they learn what they do and how they're studying migration patterns at the banding station. And, oh yeah, uh, you know, but they let the kids like they'll put the birds in their hands and let the kids release them, and that's oh, exciting. Cool. And yes. Yep. And then you're getting people, them around people who are passionate about those things as well in each yes. of the right. topic areas too. Uh, same thing with, uh, you. Uh, so if you're, if it's not animal life, but plant life, you know, greenhouses, arboretums, yeah. Gardens. Gardens, yeah, botanical mm-hmm. gardens, those kind of things. Um, and when you do those kind of field trips, one thing to keep in mind is um, if you've got a kid who's not quite interested in the subject, um, turn the field trip into some kind of like gamify the field trip. Oh, so, yeah. Sometimes the, sometimes uh, even like, uh, like zoos or aquariums will provide this. Like they'll, they already have it. You have to look for it on their website or whatever, but mm-hmm. they'll have th- like free handouts for schools and school field yes. trips, that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Make use of those things. Cause there'll be little things for your kids to be looking for. Find the, you know, find oh, yeah, the animal here yes. that does this or looks mm-hmm. like this or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If you gamify something, see, that's, and that's the thing is because there are some kids that there are some subjects that they will just not be interested in no matter how <laughs> passionate you are about it. Right, exactly. But if you turn it into a game and you, you know, the kid at least wants to win the game. They're like, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I at least <laughs> want to win a game. So I will be interested in this for sake of this game. Great. Do that, right. you know, use that. Mm-hmm. So make use of, you know, try to gamify things for kids um, when they're doing that, because that's really fun uh, for them. Uh, national yeah. parks, another oh, uh, great yes. place to go. Sometimes comes at some kind of unexpected locations. So yeah. um, for instance, now we went there intentionally uh, because of this, but I could see happening upon something like this very unintentionally. Uh, Mackinac Island in Michigan, um, very northern part of the lower peninsula. Uh, right. There's a little island. Um, and that is where Dr. Beaumont was. And he was the first person who really discovered that digestion happens through uh, through digestive acids and isn't, I mean, there is some mechanical process to it. But prior to that, they thought it was all mechanical, that they didn't know anything about digestive acids or anything like that. So, wow. um we, we went on a trip there to film on location, but uh-huh. it, you can learn about the stories of some of these historical discoveries yes. that happened in places like that. And that story is fascinating. <laughs> there yeah. was uh, someone in the military who got shot in the stomach and they didn't think he was going to live, but Dr. Beaumont saved him, but he had a hole in his stomach. Right. That never, never, closed. never closed, never closed. For and decades. so that's how they that's how he discovered. Wow. Like, how, how is this guy digesting food? This he guy, li- look and watch. this guy literally, <laughs> the doctor literally would have this guy eat food and then he would get down at belly level with this guy and mm-hmm. watch his stomach digest food from the outside of his body because this guy had this freaky, you know, medical condition. Huh. And. But That's some how- of those places where, you know, people don't go to Mackinac Island to learn science. Right. They no. go there <laughs> to, vacation or you know, yes. they, they go on the little cart and 
cart and horse ride and they go there to eat fudge and <laughs> you know it's a cute quaint little island but uh but you if know. you keep if you keep your eye out for we're going on vacation or we're going on a trip or whatever yeah is there something yes. in this area that's significant that ties to the to what curriculum we're learning studying. yes yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, that's great advice. This has been an incredible conversation. I'm so so sorry to to have to say we're done. Um, Creative Minds Homeschooling said that they're this. The Science Museum in Minnesota used to do dissections on a regular basis, and then you oh, could show that's up. Great. She said they even did a squirrel. Um, <laughs> so, so there may be places like that where you you can get those, oh, yeah. those live ones too. But um, as we're wrapping up, can you just share a little bit about your your business, your curriculum, so families know how to find you, sure. and then also know that in the show notes for the the video as well as the the podcast, I'll, I'll put these hyperlinks in too that sure. um, that Luke and Trisha are going to share with us. Yeah. You can go to journeyhomeschoolacademy.com. That's uh, our main website where all of our courses can be found. And we've got courses for kids of all ages, um, awesome. elementary, middle school, high school, um, elementary school classes, like for instance, for like biology or uh, earth science or those kind of topics. Those are a lot of those courses are very much about piquing your kids' interest in the sciences, about getting just showing them excited, getting about them excited it. about oh, yeah. the sciences. So it's all about you know it's not about div- diving deep into specific topics necessarily, uh, even though we do that. Uh, it is it is is all about generating that excitement um, in science. Middle school courses and high school courses, we really start to delve into really specific um, you know specific areas where like astronomy. Uh, uh, chemistry, physics, uh, earth science. Right. We really and do, do deep dives in those subjects. Uh, high school, especially, uh, they're great college prep courses in terms of, you know, their honors level courses. And we've already mentioned it, but our courses are largely video based. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And they're not just talking head videos because one <laughs> of the things we found is like, again, students' eyes glaze over. Oh, yeah. Very rich visuals in the. Um, video courses and Luke does the video editing and does an amazing job with bringing those visuals in to really demonstrate what, what are we talking about? Right. (laughs) We love doing a lot of, so for a lot of things in our courses, we love doing a lot of filming on location or for that matter, even just telling great stories about the development of science. One of the things we're very passionate about um, in our own, in our own, in our own curriculum is uh, tying it in, of course, to our Christian worldview. Um, We, uh, as Christians, we feel it's really important for kids to see how all subjects integrate and Mm -hmm. especially how in our, in our case, how how theology and science pair together. And so we're we're constantly talking about that as well as how it integrates with history and, and pop culture and literature and everything else. So our courses are really designed for that kind of, uh, that kind of, um, you know, there's any interest we've, we've got free previews. You can go watch some video lessons. Yeah. And you shared a link with me there too. So I'll share that in the description too. So that's, that's awesome. Yes. Something that I always recommend, you know, try it, try it out. There's always something free. And then like you had said earlier, you know, um, you talked about just in general, but call them, ask them questions, you know, send them an email. Um, I, yes. The more that I get to know curriculum developers, you know, they're like, why, well, we wish more people would just ask the questions um, uh-huh. and yeah. and let us know, you know, what what their struggle is so we can help them figure out a solution. Absolutely. Um, and, and and so. Yeah, we, we have some awesome customer service gals who they well, we've got some who have taught in the classroom and have taught with different learners and yes. uh, students that have had some learning difficulties. And they've interfaced with a lot of our students and families oh, already awesome. and often have really good suggestions. Um, so if you write in Very and say, cool. here's what my student struggles with. Mm-hmm. If we decided to take this course, what would you recommend? And they've got awesome recommendations. We've talked with them over the years, too, and given them different recommendations and tweaks. And uh, if there's ever a question that's over their head, then it gets sent to us and we'll answer it. For sure. (laughs) 
Awesome. Well, thanks, Luke and Tricia. I appreciate your your willingness to share. And this was an incredible hour and very encouraging and um, filled with so much enthusiasm. Um, blessings on you guys and your work. Um, I'm excited to see where it's going to go and this new curriculum you're working on now, um, just to add to, to all the other things that you've, you've done. So, um, so keep up the good work. Thank um, you. And yeah, and thank you all for joining us. Um, Creative Minds Homeschooling, haven't seen you in a while. Kara Sue, um, you haven't been here in a while either. I'm excited. Um, and then Rebecca, um, thanks for popping on with the question as well. And, um, and for Dusty for sharing that question ahead of the show. I We appreciate that. And um, we just want to be here to support you. So um, so check out our resources at spedhomeschool.com. And um, we hope that you will join us for another show next next episode. I will be on vacation. So Leilani Melendez um, from who's been a guest many times and has her own YouTube channel. Um, she's going to be hosting the show next um, the week of J- July 4th. Um, and then I'll be back at the end of the month and I'm hosting three shows in a row, but we're next month is um, we just wrapped up all the curriculum adaptations um, this month. Next month is sped homeschool awareness. So we're going to share stories from veteran homeschoolers who have been through the trenches and have wisdom to share with you. Um, so you're going to want to hold on for the, for those stories and um, how they've, they've gone from, from the valleys of, of homeschooling into new heights. And so we're, we're excited to, to share that with you and uh, to encourage you on your journey in homeschooling your struggling learner. So thanks everyone um, for joining us. Thanks again, Luke and Tricia, and um, we'll see you again next time. God bless everybody. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, do you trust me? Because together, we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.